Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm joined now in studio. He is the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. He is Serbian reactionary day on Kovacevic. Uh, I want to talk briefly about baseball. Oh, boy. Uh, not the Pirates. Oh, okay. Only peripherally. Uh huh. Where the heck does the commissioner get off telling the pitchers they can't cheat anymore? <laughs> the reaction to that has been priceless, hasn't it? From former Pirates in particular. Have you noticed that pattern? Oh, what a whiny bitch he came off as. Tyler Glasnow. Well, it wasn't just Tyler Glasnow. I mean, Garrett Cole, in essence, did it. Tyler Anderson from the Pirates did it last night. Well, Chad Cole, waving uh, the chalky balls. Yeah, that was that one was a little bit different. But the you're, you're, no less stupid. What what ends up happening here is baseball players value their union more than anything else, and you're starting to see them speak like that, uh, where they're getting indignant for each other. You're even seeing hitters stand up for the which pitchers, is ridiculous. Which is the, hit, the hitters should be crazy. bitching about the pitchers. They're costing the money. They're costing the hitters should careers. say, "If you can use stick them, I can cork my bat." Yeah, that's it. Or <laughs> go roid up or whatever else it is. Uh, this is not a surprising reaction. This is very much what the baseball community and culture is like, and that is what well, shows what prima donnas they are, it, what entitled dinks. It's also fostered by the union and by the agents. These, oh, Scott Boris, do you see that statement? Yep. He talked about what was it the uh, the autobahn of performance enhancing. Mm-hmm. And guess who? By the way, I don't even know what that means. Is Cole's agent and did a really good job of of preparing Cole for the question that everybody had to know was coming. That's by the way the agent's responsibility chiefly. Well, do you believe the teams are teaching their pitchers to to pitch using stickum? I believe that pitching coaches and pitching assistant coaches and everybody like that is involved. Yes. I mean, you got to walk it back, but that makes it a bit more awkward to walk back, well, doesn't it? The only it? argument that they have, Mark, is, well, you, we shouldn't have done this mid-season. They had all off-season. Now you're asking me to change my routine. Well, how, how, long, how long has this been around? About 120 years. Well, not this widespread. No, no. In I fact, think, that was the part of Manfred's... I don't think Bob Gibson used stick him. Right, that or was Warren the, part, the part of Rob Manfred's state. No, but Gaylord Perry and, and a bunch of others did. But Well, right, but yeah. back then, if you did it, you got caught and you got punished and you made yourself really hard to catch. Well, especially in the National League. Uh, it, you know, whenever you had to come up to bat. Uh, it was... Uh, it, it, this is something that's been around in baseball for a long time. Rob Manfred, though, I thought correctly noted in his statement that... It's now worse than ever, and it's having a bigger impact on the game. And in his own term, well, the, this le- his the, own term, the MLB batting average is two thirty eight. His own terminology was lack of action. 
And that's what it is. People see right now some of the guys, even on the Pirates, who are hitting whatever, 200, 210, and they think it's just the Pirates who stink. Nobody's hitting other than Adam Frazier and all of baseball. Well, like I said, 238 is the the average for the entirety of MLB, and it's terrible. It used to be you hit 250 or better. So what's your best chance of getting on base, Mark? Walking. That's a walk. Yeah, well, when you say baseball has – negated action, it's not just because of the spin rate. It's because of the general philosophy of baseball. And is it fair to say that football is the only sport that won't allow efficiency to sabotage entertainment? Oh, I love that. I love. I, I saw you, you mention that. Because I see that in every and other it's, sport. It's, I thought it was a great point. Because football will always find a way, even if it ticks off old-timers and whatever else here. Football says, wait a second, you have a problem with, uh, quote-unquote, putting skirts on quarterbacks or whatever? Hey, guess what? People came here to see the quarterback play. Okay, right. the people also came to watch the wide receiver go up and make catches, not to have him get beat up. Fantasy and football, gambling, all that stuff—they figure all of it into they, their mix. They, they understand everything, and it's why they are the unquestioned national pastime and king of everything professional sports. See, I, I love America. it when Goodell gets criticized. I think Goodell's the best commissioner in, in sports history. God, and then I think of Ray Rice. But, he, but he's, you know, he's done, he's done he's things done that are clumsy, yeah. but in terms of what he's done for his owners and his sport, he's been unmatched. You can't argue it. You can't argue it. Uh, in, in terms of dollars alone, what the NFL has been able to pull off, the way that it's managed a monopoly, uh, the way that it's fought off competitors, uh, and will continue to do so, whether it's XFL, USFL, uh, how, however else it comes up, the NFL is the absolute king of everything. Now, and that's uh, why. Oh, no, there's there's no question. And uh, although it's worth noting that I still think the NFL isn't a pimple on on soccer's ass, and I think that got proven yesterday. I don't know if you saw Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. came out for his post-match press conference. He removed two bottles of Coke I from the it. table I saw and it. asked for water. Did you know Coke's uh, share price dropped 1.6%? I don't doubt that for a split second. It, I, the, I saw it, though. And, and he was making a statement, too, because he actually said something that he, he did. The company is the worth $4 billion, $4 billion less because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Just like that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, were you at Steeler Minicamp? I was. Why? Why wouldn't I be? Uh, what what newsworthy happened today, Dejan? What do you do for a living? This is what I do for a living. Uh, but that's such a useless <laughs> exercise. Come on, look at last year. No mini camp, no OTAs, no exhibition games, and the regular season played out yeah, with know, the same caliber football. What I'm doing there, what I'm doing it, it, to answer your question straight is I'm you know I'm talking to people, I'm asking questions, and at the same time, you know I, I want to see I want to see some interactions, I want to see some plays being made, I want to see some players stepping up. And when you do get into seven seven shots and you get into other drills like that, you can see things. If I told you right now, they're not doing seven shots at minicamp. Sure, they did with pads. No. Well, seven shots without pads, eight, seven yeah, shots. Yeah, no, I know, but you still have, you still have a quarterback making a throw, and you still have people making catches and running routes, and you get to see some of the stuff of the Matt Canada offense, even though we're not allowed to report it. I think the most encouraging thing is that James Pierre intercepted Ben Roethlisberger twice. He did, and Pierre's looked good. Well, I'm, I'm not allowed to say that though. I've been saying 
that <laughs> for the Steelers to win enough games to make the playoffs, yes. which I don't think is going to happen. In fact, I intend to bet heavily that it won't. But I think they need guys to step up that you can't quote-unquote count on, like a James Pierre, like an Alex Heisman. How about Shakur Brown? Someone like that where you could have someone jump in in the slot area like the way Mike Hilton did. Who just can come in and play. Just come in and play football. And be legit. That was what Mike Hilton did. I remember Mike Tomlin basically following him around the field. No, no, no. It's happened before. Yes. And and you need – I don't think you need one of those. I think you need a couple. Um, Maybe it's Alex Highsmith. it, it, yeah, because the Hoy Polloi, and for that matter the media, way overestimated how Alex Highsmith played last year as a rookie after he replaced Bud Dupree. Yeah, and that's no knock on Highsmith, but people were looking for something that wasn't there. And, and But it may yet well, be there. Highsmith won a greater percentage, slightly greater percentage, of his pass rush uh, battles, meaning head-to-head, the guy in front of him, than Bud did. But what Bud became, and this wasn't immediate over time, Mark, and this is my biggest concern about Highsmith, it's not about the pass rush. It's not about being disruptive, although Bud was ridiculously good at disrupting. It's about sealing the run. Mark, Bud became really, really good at that, you know? Oh, Bud became a playmaker. But I'm talking, I know that, but I'm talking about just plain old sealing the run. The reason that you couldn't run against the Steelers last year principally was that you couldn't get to the edge against either TJ or Bud. And if you don't have that in Highsmith, and you'll remember the one touchdown that well, he and gave And you up, might not. He might not. And, and you didn't last year. And you didn't last year. And he has to adjust to that in a big, big way, in a big, big hurry. And I don't know that that's there. But you know what else? They also need more edge rushers. They've got two right now. They need at least three. Now, the big story was yesterday when Matt Canada said the offense is going to do what Ben wants and how Ben wants. What are the pros and cons of that? I I didn't see that as quite the cataclysmic bummer that some people did. Because I think most of it, well, no, I think he's deferring to Ben like a first-year NFL offensive coordinator probably should. But I do want to see more change than he is he is alluding to. But I also understand that it's about what Ben can do at 39. Would, There's only so much change that he could absorb, given, yeah. frankly, his age and lack of mobility. I would file that remark under what did you think he was going to say more than anything else. Uh, he has everything to gain as a coordinator from having his franchise Hall of Fame quarterback giving him buy-in in return. I have no doubt that they've worked closely together. I have no doubt that Ben's already familiar, uh, not just with the stuff that that Matt Canada has put in this year after taking over as coordinator, but the stuff that was supposed to have gone in last year and that Randy Feetner took out halfway through. Well, we think. I I believe. I think Ben took out. I, I think that in this case, with the conversations that the Steelers had, with Ben, I really believe that it's been made clear to him who the coordinator is. We'll see. I know we'll see because there's like, only like one Matt guy. Canada and his statement didn't exactly uh, paint the picture you want. He didn't, but it's you know we're looking at we're looking at a Matt Canada offense. We're looking at it every day. I watched it yesterday. This 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 it, it, this this is a now team, is it, now later is later. Yeah, but what's what's Ben gonna do? How much how much authority do you have just being out there on the field? I know you're talking All about just it. the difference between All running. Of it. You're just talking about the difference between running and passing. But I'm talking about the no, plays. No, no, that get no, called. no, no. I'm talking about lining up in the shotgun. What was it? Eighty-two percent of the yeah. time last year. Mm-hmm. I I think that has to change. I think the elements Canada wants to install involving deception. 
position don't work out of the shotgun half as well. That might be and true. And Ben wants to be in the shotgun. And he absolutely wants to be in the shotgun. But And, and also, like I said uh, at the beginning of this conversation, it's about what he can do. He can't take seven-step drops. Well, let me ask you a question. How uh, how involved do you think Najee Harris will be in this offense? Oh, I'm hoping very involved. It'll be very, very involved. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have Lev touch type touches. I hope that's right, because yeah. that I, in itself just, would change the offense a great deal. But for anybody who doesn't know what that means, uh, Le'Veon Bell was getting 30-plus touches a game. I expect Najee Harris to have 1,500-plus total offensive yards. I, I think that's fair. I actually think that's reasonable. I mean, the, the, the concern that you have about him is that... That's assuming they don't fall behind all the time and have to catch up. Yeah, he, he but it, when you're playing 11, 12 games in college and you show up in the NFL and you're playing 17 and you don't have... Fresno State on your schedule for an easy one, um, it, it's, it's going to be tougher. And yes, they Alabama actually did play Fresno State last year. Um, you, you, it's going to be a little bit tougher. You know, it's going to be a lot tougher. Well, yeah, but, but here, here's where I think the Steelers are going to come under nine wins. Okay, that's really pessimistic, man. No, that's really realistic. That's a, that's a minus five hundred record. That's, it has no. That's precedent. right. That's really realistic. Well, precedent gets broken with every team in that regard sooner or later. But my, my feeling is because I think the offensive line is terrible, and I think Ben will eventually get hurt. And he might not get hurt cataclysmically, but I, I think he'll start 13 or 14 games. Well, I have concerns about Ben and performance, never mind injury. I have less concerns about I Ben can't. and performance than I do him getting injured. I think he'll – I'm 70% certain, like I said yesterday, he'll have a really good season. I can't shake – Although I do think – Cincinnati. I just can't mark. I also it. think that he'll – Why does nobody talk about Cincinnati? I, I like talk it about it all the time. Juju's like, fumble. Like it never – Another season-defining fumble. Like it never fumble. happened, you know? Oh, we talk about – the Steeler media talks about a lot of stuff like it never happened, but the, which but, is to say they don't talk about it. I mean, the Cincinnati game was the one that was like, he looked like he was done, you know? And he wasn't hurt. He wasn't banged up or anything. At well, least not to our knowledge. It, it, but, but see, but that's my point. I think if he does play 17 games, yeah. he will fade like he did last year. You know, and I know he says that won't happen again because he's that much more removed from elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. He's still a year older. Well, a lot of this is going to depend on what we talked about initially here, and that is to what extent can you create balance with this offense? And I know one thing that you and I have long been on the same page with is that if he throws 50-plus times a game, you lose. Um, if They have to find some and kind of balance. if he throws 50-plus times per game, he gets worn out over the course of the season more yep. easily. Yep. And more definitely. If he has to throw yep. that many times a game or chooses to, he will not be good down the stretch. And let's face it, Dejan, that is a trend not only with the team but with him. They have collapsed on the stretch for three straight seasons. Yeah, and they and part of that is 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 what's happened to the offense. You've seen him fade uh, last year, and again, this is another thing that I think gets under uh, discussed, if you will, was that the offensive line wasn't doing anything. I mean, you can say that this offensive line stinks, even though you haven't seen them play a snap yet. Uh, none of us have. You can project that. They're going to stink. Well, I, I don't know, because what I, I at least know that you're going to have a younger, more enthusiastic, more energetic, more physical Let's group. Let's bring in high school kids then. Oh, you know, come on. Well, come, well, no, you come on. Zach Banner got cut by an 0-16 team, and he started two games. Chooks is switching from the right spot, right tackle, where he did okay, he did okay. to a much more demanding spot. It, it, and it's going to be. Uh, I, DJ Finney wasn't good enough to start during his first tenure here. I'm what, worried, did he, did I'm he take about, magic beans in the interim? I'm worried about Chooks at left tackle. I'm not worried about Kevin Dotson. 
Um, no, Kevin Dotson is their most reliable man, lineman. That guy. What they really need because he he fights in a phone booth. He, he knocks, is so good he in tight. People back. But DeCastro might be washed up. Although I have I have considered that he might have one more good season left in him, and hit better because if he doesn't, it's all over. Yeah, I think Dave's going to be fine. Although I was a little worried to see him in civvies yesterday. I mean, it's, yep, it's, yep, it's, me too. It's, it's been a while. Uh, that was not confirmed to be an injury, but then if it wasn't, why wasn't he out there? Um, you he know, could the, be just beat up, but if you're center, beat up from any camp, the center position, you know, you're probably going to see Kendrick Green take it over at some he point. He has to. He, For that offensive line to be what they need it to be, he has to be the starter and be good well, by then, about the third game. Use, and then you can use Finney as a backup at multiple positions, which is wherever, where he's always served any team's needed. But I, I don't buy that the offensive line is going to be worse than last year's because I don't know that you can be a whole lot worse than those guys were collectively last year. I really don't believe that, Mark. I think they're up to the challenge. I don't know that. What, one real quick thing. I'm hearing more and more, and we've got to keep this quick, that the Penguins are probably going to extend Malkin and Latang this summer, despite the Malkin well, injury. I mean, they've pretty much said so. Well, I, I mean, don't, I don't, I don't Ron know. Hextall's on record. Was this no, no? It said they would exclusive? extend them, but but I don't know. I thought with I thought with Malkin's knee injury that might no. make them. Well, it's, no, it makes sense. It, it, it look, makes sense depending on length and price. It, it all, and whether or not they could be moved if it came let to me, that. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Would you give Latang or Malkin three years? Yes. Oh no way. Because you're replacing one, so it's essentially, it's no, essentially no. a two-year extension. No, no, no. Wait a second. No, no. I would, Wait, you I, watched Chris Latang play give them, hockey this no, season. I would give them a two-year extension yeah. on top of the one they have. That's what I said. No, would you give them a three-year extension? Oh, I don't know. But look at look at what Chris Latang oh, just did. Oh, you have did. to sell me on Latang? You must not listen. Okay, well, then what's the problem with giving him an extension? I didn't say there was. I just oh, wondered if just, it would happen. Oh, oh I, I believe that it will. I, I would be now, more trepidatious. Now, the price is going to be lower. The price is going to be lower than what, what they're getting What would you paid. pay either of them? I think you'd be look, I think you'd be looking in the six range. I really do. For Tanger or Gino? Both. I'd give I'd give Gino six and a half. I'd give Tanger five and a half. Okay, so what's the problem? You just gave him well, the contract. That depe- you yelled at me a second that ago. Depe- that depends on what they say. I I'll be blunt. I wouldn't <laughs> extend Gino till I see if his knee's okay. His knee's gonna be fine. Knees are so easily fixed anymore, Mark. They are. This isn't Bobby Orr. You, you still got Bobby Orr on your head. Yeah, he's 35. That's Dr. Dayon Kovacevic, knee specialist. <laughs> it's time to ask Mark anything. 412 333 WXDA.